Show here on the Raft, the home of Sooner fans. Good morning, everybody. 39 days away from a Sooner kickoff. Toby and TJ back with you. Brought to you every day by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, XOE. It's the place to be. I'm the bad boy of sports radio. That's why I ride a bad boy mower. You can get them at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. It is the coolest mower that any man could possibly own. There's where I get my uh, testosterone at, TJ, when I'm riding a bad boy. But don't forget about the CF Motos, guys. The uh, CF Motos are legit, sweet, and they got them at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. They can conquer anything, whether you just want them for recreation or to get a job done. You want a side-by-side, you want a two-seater or a six-seater or whatever the case may be. I mean, I'm telling you, do yourself a favor. Google them online, these CF Motos. They are sweet, man. And they've got them at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Two locations, one in Newcastle, one in Goldsby. You can find my guys right there on the interstate, either location. Check them out. Extreme, spelled with an X. Extreme Outdoor (laughs) Equipment. I bet Kyler Murray's so mad about this contract story. He's got to be, man. It made him look so bad that they've got to write that in there. Um, uh, LeVar uh, was talking about it this morning, LeVar Arrington, which was kind of interesting because he said, this isn't unusual, but most of the time you don't let this stuff get out. So LeVar said at his big contract, when he signed his biggest one, um, he was a guy that in the offseason did not like coming into the facility and working out. He said, I worked out. I took care of myself. I just did it at my own place. And he goes, and his next contract, they wrote in that he had to specifically be in the building working out for this many hours. And he goes... He goes, it said 90% of his workout, something like that. It was a percentage. And he goes, once they wrote that in, I was in that building 100% of the time. Once I signed that contract and they specifically put it in there, he goes, I wasn't being lazy. He just, I just did it my own way. He goes, this makes Kyler sound lazy and that he's not that smart, that you have to write in, you have to watch this much film, which Kyler's come out and openly said, I don't like watching film. So that's no secret with him, but... Um, I guess this isn't unusual to have these weird clauses, he goes, but most of the time no. the teams or the agencies don't put them out and let people see that you've got Wait, a secret like, clause in there like that. Who let his contract out? Like, who? I, I don't know anything about NFL contracts, but I, I think that's probably true. I think there's a lot of contracts, whether you're talking professional football or just, you know, any work of life, mm-hmm. that have things in it that, 
are irrelevant or just whatever. It's just like what's in there, you know? Or maybe it specifically pertains to you. Let's say it's uh, TJ. Uh, We want to extend TJ's contract at the ref, okay? We like having him here. Uh, We want to keep him around for another three years, but we feel like he spends too much time at the lake. So we're going to mandate that he can only go to the lake. Or he's got to be nicer to left-handed people or whatever the case may be, you know? Uh, I'm just kidding. So whether this was specific to Kyler or it's in every contract that they draw up, I don't know. But, uh, like, who in the world put it out there? That's the crazy thing, you know? Yeah, because if it's the franchise, you're making the guy you just signed to a fortune look really bad. And why would you want to do that when I don't know that it was the smoothest relationship already? We kind of knew that. Like, it was kind of teetering. Like, so if you're the ones that put it out, you're going to just tick off the guy you just signed to be your future quarterback for the next several years. That's the face of the franchise. And making look, I don't know. And if it's the agency, then you're making your own client look dumb. Like, a couple of people I've heard talking about it, they've looked at it different ways. One person said, I don't look at it as him being dumb. I look at it as as him being lazy, that he doesn't want to put in the work. And then the other one goes, I kind of look at it as he's kind of dumb and has to have the extra help because he doesn't realize what he's he's seeing. So I think I lean more the lazy side. It makes him seem lazy, like he doesn't want to put in the work that's required of that contract and to be an NFL quarterback if you're just – if you're asked to watch film and you're refusing to. So whatever side put it out, it makes him look bad. So I don't know why you would. You know what? However mad or ticked or embarrassed Kyler is, you know what will help him make make him feel better? Cashing that first check? $230 million. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that makes everything feel a little better. Um... I love stadiums. We've talked about, you know, we've had drafts and stuff before. I like historic stadiums. We were talking about Dodger Stadium the other day on Mm -hmm. the show. I'm a big stadium guy. One of the fun things about this job is to go see, you know, whether it's college football or basketball arenas or baseball stadiums or whatever the case may be. I like to take the tours, you know, TJ. When we went to Florida the other day, took a stadium tour, a a facilities tour around Florida's campus to see the swamp and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just, uh, I geek out on that kind of thing. But you know a city that has really screwed it up is Chicago. This Soldier Field thing, have you seen this story about Soldier Field? I saw the, uh, well, the mayor put it out or whoever it was with the uh, city, and then I saw the drawings, uh, the what it would look like in the drawings. They want to put a dome on Soldier mm-hmm. Field. All right. Soldier Field, back in the days of Ditka and the and the 85 Bears and all that kind of stuff, Soldier Field was, the kids aren't going to remember this this day, these days, a very cool stadium. Like classic Roman Athenian architecture on the banks of Lake Michigan and exposed to the elements. Yes, but the Bears were tougher than you. That was part of the secret sauce of Chicago. We are Chicago. We are tough. You got to come play us at our place in this classic old stadium on the banks of Lake Michigan. 
and you're going to be miserable, and we're going to be tougher than you and kick your teeth in. Right, Teach? That's what the Bears were. And then they were like, yeah, we got to upgrade the stadium. All right, fine. And they made it look like a spaceship. <laughs> it does It does look like a bit of a spaceship. It, they did the stupidest upgrade. It was like it would be like taking Wrigley Field and this classic, you know, old but classic architecture and making it look like a cookie-cutter baseball stadium. That's what they did to Soldier Field. They added suites and all this kind of stuff that owners want these days. I get it. I get it. But they they completely changed the cool architecture of their stadium. And now they're wanting to put a dome on top of it because they're. I guess they're too cold. I, you're Chicago. Minnesota, Indianapolis, those places put domes, okay, because they're soft. You're Chicago. You're you're the windy city. You don't put a dome on a stadium in the windy city. You use it to your advantage. I don't know why this story irritates me, but they've completely butchered a cool stadium, and now they're doing it even more. It looks like you're right on everything you just said. I have no argument, and it goes back to what you're originally saying. Like the Chicago Bears, like you come here and play in our muck, and we're tough. And we can handle it, even if you are cold. You don't let that be known. You know, you're you're out there acting like you're loving it, and your fans act like they love it. And it's kind of who you are and who you've built your tradition. Being. Green Bay, Green Bay, yeah. I mean, it's just like you come here, play in the frozen tundra. Like this is who we are. We're tougher than you. You're right. And it's like now, it's like. Well, we're going to put this retractable roof on, and if it gets a little bit chilly, we're going to close the roof and. Um, I know a part of it probably is players are different in today's world. Guys may go to other places because of uh, indoor, uh, being able to play indoors and or warm climate. It has to do with maybe being able to host a Super Bowl. Um, but it totally goes away from everything you are and what you're built on and what your reputation is. Like you're supposed to play in the cold and the snow and be miserable when you go you're to a Chicago, game against the Bears, man. right? I don't know. Do you remember old old Soldier Field? Oh yeah, the, mm-hmm. the columns and all that kind of stuff. That place was cool. We played there. I mean, I didn't play there, but oh, you played Northwestern there back in the uh, John Blake era. Opened the season up there, right? Uh, it didn't go well. But um, yeah, now they want to put a dome on it. That's the story out today is that the mayor's got these proposals. Either let's build a new stadium with a dome or let's put a dome on the current stadium or whatever. They want to put a dome on Soldier Field now. Yeah, I guess this ties back to the crimes, what we're seeing on this text here. It says they don't want they they don't want a dome as far as I'm thinking they're talking about the Bears. It's a city offering to keep them in Chicago. Bears are wanting to leave because of the crime moving 30 miles away to the suburb of Arlington, Illinois. The crime around where Soldier Field I'm is right so, now? I and, and Chicago and the shootings, and yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So maybe, you know, the, that's, maybe the team's um, not wanting this, but the, uh, the city thinks that's what will help keep them. So I haven't been there in a while. You've been, you spent much time in downtown Chicago? I've only been to Chicago once, and that was 
five or six years ago, seven years ago? I haven't been there in a while, but it's it's uh, located kind of in the museum district there. I mean, when I when I was uh, dating Jenny, she's from up in Chesterton, Indiana, which is up you know, right on Lake Michigan. We take the train into town quite frequently, and when we're not just dating, but early married, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's in the museum district there uh, with that uh, shed aquarium, which is awesome, and the Natural History Museum, and it's a really cool area, right? Well, where Soldier Field is, right next to kind of Grant Park, where the Bears had their, or I mean, the Bulls would always have their uh, celebrations, you know, after they'd won a title in Grant Park, and and then uh, Michigan Avenue is there, where all the shops are. The, so it's not in a bad area, at least last I remember. Um, I, I haven't been there in several years. Maybe it's gone downhill around there since then, but. It's right on the, I mean, right on the lake, and really in a kind of a cool part of town. I thought so. That surprises me a little bit that they would they would say that about it. But maybe things have changed. It's it's probably been ten, fifteen years before I, since I've been down there. So who knows? Anyway, they're gonna put a dome on Soldier Field. Yeah, which, I mean, can you imagine if they said this about Lambo? I mean, that's the uh, Green Bay is tired of being cold. We're going to put a dome on Lambeau Field. I mean, come on. That's what Lambeau Field is, right? Snow, it's miserable, it's cold. Home field advantage. They can't all be tough, manly men like us. (laughs) You know what? You bring a great point up, TJ. You bring up a great point. 816, when we come back, we're talking Kansas State football with their color analyst, Stan Weber. K-State at number 24 in our countdown. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby, exit 104B, and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle exit 108. One of my favorite people now, the great Stan Weber, Kansas State legend, joins us live now. Let's talk some Wildcat football. Stan, good morning. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing great, Toby. Thanks for having me on. It's always a thrill to have you on the show. I appreciate it, Stan. We've been talking a little K-State earlier today, but before we get into that, what do you think about Brent Venables being back around in the Big 12? Well, it's so great. Um, you know, it's, it's weird when you're in this situation, you ask that question because people are saying, Hey man, you're rooting for K state, right? And that's all you care about. Let's go. Let's strangle their neck. And yeah, that's all true. I mean, yes, I've been doing K state games since my 36th year to broadcast K state. I played there, both my sons. I mean, oh, yes, but Brent Venables is such a good friend. I've seen him grow up from calling his games after he left junior college and came to K-State, fought as a linebacker for the Wildcats. I was already broadcasting the games. Then he got into the coaching world and learned under Bill Snyder, Jim Levitt, and Bob Stoops. I just saw him grow up as a friend right before my eyes. I could not be more proud uh, just watching him uh, go to work. And 
So, you know, a funny story, kind of an Oklahoma-related story, absolutely. There are only two guys that I have went out to and spoke to personally throughout all the years I've been around K-State football and said, you could be or should be the next K-State head coach or a K-State head coach in your career. The first was a young Bob Stoops, who was an assistant for Bill Snyder. I went over to him and said, Bill Snyder's got an unbelievable staff. This is early in the Bill Snyder era. He came in 1989, and I said, wow, this staff is unbelievable. There's great talent on it, but you're the guy. You're unbelievable. You are a head coach in making, and uh, I hope someday you become a head coach at K-State when Bill Snyder cycles through. Now, I'm glad Bill Snyder made it 27 years and didn't let anybody cycle in there, really, but I also told Brent Venables that. Those are the two guys, the only two. So to see those guys, and Brent much more than Bob, because Bob was a grown-up, right, when I met him and established himself at Iowa and all that, but Brent Venables, I saw him as a player, then a young GA, an assistant coach, and everything else, and so to see Brent Venables have all the success he had helping K-State win, helping Oklahoma win, helping Clemson win, but finally to be the head coach of a major university, that is so cool. It happens to be Oklahoma, not K-State in this example, but yeah, it, it just seems like you know maybe a, a cousin of mine or something better than just another right. guy out there uh, watching Brent Venables get this opportunity. So I'm super excited, yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about the Cats. Uh, we saw Adrian Martinez last year with Nebraska at a pretty good game against Oklahoma, and certainly it raised eyebrows around here when he landed at Kansas State. Uh, what have you seen so far from him? What have you heard about him so far? Uh, and, and how do you feel like he's going to be this year for K-State? Well, he did play excellent football. Uh, maybe one of his best games was that game in Norman. And K-State's first road game with Adrian Martinez's quarterback is going to be back in Norman. So it's good for K-State that he's been there in that environment, on that field and all of that. But, uh, you know, what you find out is you got a veteran quarterback and a guy who's calm and knows what it takes to get ready during the week, knows what it's like to walk around campus. You know, it's just different, Toby, when you're the guy. You're the quarterback on campus. The way people treat you, look at you, everything else, it can affect your being and how you play football. Well, that's no big deal to Adrian Martinez. He understands all of that. He understands how to get ready to play football. Uh, what he has shown at K-State is just an unbelievable quickness and speed when they saw him play. Like, wow, if he gets in the open field, decides to run, he can make people pay. And then in the passing game, he's felt very comfortable. Uh, I think one of the things that's really helped him out is that even though he hasn't had winning success at Nebraska, you know, quarterbacks and winning is a big correlation. We look at that, right, especially in the NFL or in big-time college. He hasn't had that. But it really has helped him that Colin Klein's his quarterback, Colin Klein's his offensive coordinator. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a refreshing time for Adrian Martinez to say, yeah, I've started forever. I've done it at a big-time school at Nebraska. Now I'm at K-State. You know, what's in store for me? And then he's got a guy who finished in the top three in the Heisman Trophy voting as a K-State legend sitting there and saying, hey, you don't need to worry about pressure. You know, there's just such a respect level. Like, Colin, you got this. And so his ears are wide open listening so when you teach an old dog a new trick, sometimes you wonder how that works. I think that's really working right now. So that's where the optimism is. Is you know, K-State football is about what? You've seen it, Toby. Uh, don't make mistakes. You know, make yeah. plays when you can, but don't lose the ball game. 
and that's probably where Adrian Martinez needs to clean up what happened in Nebraska, fumble here, an interception there that hurt the Huskers in a lot of close games. That's where K-State starts. You know, don't make those mistakes. And I think that he's really trying to learn, and we'll, we'll probably learn pretty well from Colin Klein about how to protect the football, rely on your legs, don't throw the ball into coverage and throw an interception, reduce your mistakes, believe in your guys, and he'll, by the way, 22, one of the best players in the country, Deuce Vaughn's back there. So, you know, when you're in the pocket and you see blitzers in your face and you think maybe the tight end's open over the middle, 10, 15 yards downfield, Toby, don't, don't try to throw that one. Just dump the ball over here to 22 and let Deuce catch the ball four yards behind the line of scrimmage. And I guarantee you, good stuff will happen and you won't have any chance for a turnover. And, and that's helpful as well. Between Colin Klein and Deuce Vaughn, I think Adrian Martinez may be able to reinvent himself some. Yeah, get it to the little guy. That's a good strategy. Now, I, it feels like he's going from a dysfunctional situation at Nebraska to a very stable, always stable situation at Kansas State, and I, I think he could have a really big year. Now, love Deuce Vaughn, obviously. Love Felix and Udike Uzoma. What is the what other than Martinez? What are the question marks for you on this team going into this season? Uh, where is the jury out? Well, the one thing is, is how great of defense will K-State play? Uh, they went to the 3-3-5 look, and, and no one really knew that they were going to do that. you got a great defensive mind in Chris Kleiman. And that steadiness you talked about, stability, uh, Chris Kleiman deserves a ton of credit for establishing that at K-State. You know, it's just not – it used to be Bill Snyder. Now it's Chris Kleiman's program, completely. Uh, he's not Bill Snyder Jr. He's Chris Kleiman, and he just has calm waters all around him at North Dakota State when he won national championships and at K-State. He really sets it. He's a great defensive mind, but he decided he's going to go away from that four-man front, that even look, to the odd 3-3-5 look, and was kind of learning on the run last year. He and Joe Klanderman, the defensive coordinator, uh, did a good job for K-State on defense, but they were kind of in gear number one or two. Now, with gear three and four, how much will they be able to step it up and make defense a better part of K-State football? Because we know, Toby, even if you have a good defense, that doesn't mean you stop people from scoring, right? I mean, it's, it's not like the old days where you shut people down and they score 10 points. So where will K-State's defense be? And specifically, with five defensive backs, how will the safety position play? You've got to have coverage skills. You've got to be linebacker, shoulder pad mentality and come up to the line and make tackles in that kind of scheme. And K-State has a bunch of turnover at that safety position. So I think, you know, Chris Kleiman, it was a safety. Uh, that's kind of what he loves to coach, defense and safeties. So it's, it's, he's, he's the head coach. But I'm telling you, if you watch practice, he's out there a lot talking specifically about inches and hand placement and all kinds of intricate things for the safety. So I feel very comfortable about it in my shoes, but that's where K-State's wondering, you know, how good will they be at the safety position, and then how dominant or really good can they be on defense? Not just good, but can they win games on defense? They win games on special teams. They don't turn over the football, make some winning plays on offense with Deuce Vaughn. That's K-State football. But what happens if the defense ramps it up and it's one of the better in the Big 12? The safety position is where everyone's wondering, including Coach Chris Kleiman, uh, how good will those safeties be? But, man, it's fun to watch your number one guy, Chris Kleiman, out there working with during practice all the time. Feel okay about the O-line and how it's coming together? Yeah, because a couple things happened. There's a, a number of players coming back. They lose their center. So, you know, K-State may absolutely uh, rotate centers, which is, is kind of interesting. 
because you got a, a younger guy who's on his way up, and you got an older guy who deserves the re- opportunity to start right before he ends his career. Which way will you go? But the offensive line was solid. They'll be back, basically. But the good news from you know deep into the roster is they have some guys who were there last year who are coming up who might be really good players. You know, NFL-level linemen when they get older, and those guys are around. So when those guys are your backups and might win the job, for them to win the job, that means they really are good because they have to win the job. But it might happen. So that's why I feel good about the offensive line. Names you really haven't heard about, there's two or three of them that could really step in and be starters by the end of this year. But if they're not, K-State's got depth. And they're one of the few teams that believe that you can actually rotate offensive linemen. Most say, give me my five without injury and let those guys kind of become a glove together. K-State under Chris Kleiman really would love to have seven or eight guys and actually rotate them through and keep them fresh like you think about defensive line. It's a different concept, but it's one that's been taught since the first day Kleiman's gotten in there. They just haven't had the depth to do that. They might be able to do that this year. That's a fun little Big 12 SEC matchup week two when the Missouri Tigers come to town. That could be a good tone setter for you guys. Yeah, really, uh, you, you mentioned it with those words, and you're, you're very accurate to say SEC, Big 12. But uh, when you live in Kansas City like I do, people may think I live in Manhattan. But I actually drive that hour 45, 50 times a year um, to go to the wow. games. <laughs> so I actually live in Kansas City working my regular job in downtown Kansas City. So when you live here, you don't think about SEC and Big 12. I'm glad you reminded me. It's Mizzou K-State uh, because <laughs> this is where the meeting point is, kind of halfway between Columbia and Manhattan are right here. Tons of people just remember the old great rivalries. If it's KU-Mizzou, K-State-Mizzou, uh, they all fit together. So it's going to be great to see them, and it is a real – important game Uh, you know how hard the conference is especially where you play nine conference games like we do in the big 12 it's a grind a 90 or 12 games and then you add on a team like mizzou an sec school a rivalry game as your 10th game even two lanes dangerous you guys know that right you can't overlook two lane k-state plays them this year so you look at that mizzou game and man if you want to have a big time season you know guarantee bowl eligibility and and move forward and up the rankings and all of that you're kind of having a must-win game against Mizzou in Week 2 with all the rivalry factors. So, yeah, that is going to be an incredibly exciting game around here and a tone-setting game where K-State, like last year, people didn't know where K-State was going to be. They didn't go to a bowl the year before, but they went down and beat Stanford in that neutral site game in AT&T Stadium and shot off. They played a Nevada team that had an NFL quarterback, NFL wide receivers. Nevada was good. But K-State beat them, and they went 3-0 and in non-con, and that just vaulted them into another level where Skylar Thompson ended up being drafted as an NFL quarterback. All that happened with the momentum of winning those non-conference games. And, and Toby, we got it right here. You can't look past Tulane, but obviously Mizzou, if K-State can win against those two teams and go 3-0 and in non-conference, then that'll just yeah. vault them into a level where, man, it'll be exciting when they go to Oklahoma, right? Week four, if K-State's yeah. undefeated and beating mm-hmm. Mizzou, you guys had gone to Nebraska and won. If you got those two big wins over uh, Big Ten and SEC schools, rivalries, right? And then we meet at 3-0. and It's going to be a lot of fun. But there's a lot of work to get to that point. That would be fun. Now, speaking of K-State against uh, the SEC, uh, they closed the season last year with an absolute beatdown of LSU in the Texas Bowl, 42-20. to 
down there. Going to be a fun season, uh, not too far into the future before we get to see each other as the Sooners and Wildcats get together in the Big 12 opener here in Norman. Stan, thanks for your time today. I hope you have a wonderful season, buddy. Okay, thanks, Toby. And a, give a handshake and a pat on the back for my guy, Brent Venables, because I won't be able to see him very often, but uh, tell him congratulations. I'm very excited for him. Good for him we'll, every day except for one. That's fourth day of the year. <laughs> we'll do that. Thanks, Stan. Sure. Stan Weber, color analyst, K-State Wildcats, our number 24-ranked team in the countdown. We'll be back. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Welcome back. 840 in the AM. TJ, uh, you want to fire some text messages at us here? Um, we got Chris Plank coming up next segment. And, uh, yeah, just let him. Yeah, you just from the holster there, TJ. Just fire him out. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am so I am so inept at those kind of activities that you're talking about in home repair. My family says that I could break an anvil with a rubber mallet in a sandbox and lose the parts. I'm with you, Toby. <laughs> it's good to know I'm not alone in my ineptness. We, we've talked about it, and we've read some of it. I've got, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, house Teddy handling the news of the Klondike, <laughs> getting rid of the Choco Taco. Um, he'll, he's probably playing it off. You know how Ted is. He doesn't like to show emotion. He's like, what's the big deal? It's just an ice cream like any other ice cream. When inside, mm-hmm. he's tore up, you know. He's conflicted. Yep. Yeah, so... He'll play tough on the radio, I'm sure. Here's the here's here's what really matters. Okay, let me break this down for you guys. Here's why Teddy loves the Choco Taco. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said my point yet, okay? Okay, go ahead. If the Choco Taco was a delicacy at the Texas State Fair, that you had to buy coupons for and wait in line for, Teddy would hate the Choco Taco. (laughs) Not only would he hate it, he would never even buy one. What Teddy loves about the Choco Taco is that it's free and there's no line. He can walk uh, walk out our radio booth, the freezer's 10 steps away, reach in to get a Choco Taco, and take it back to his seat. Now, there are free other options. Free is the options. key word there. Yeah, sure. There are other free options in there. So, you know, obviously he likes the taste of the Choco Taco. But it is the accessibility and price of the Choco Taco that hits Teddy in his sweet and- spot. There's something about uh, Manhattan, too, with Teddy, that everything's just better there, you know. He loves a little Manhattan. He loves all the things that he uh, talks about traveling. From there. There. Venables is from there. Is from That's there. right. Yeah. That's right. A... Look at this. Free Choco Tacos. It doesn't get any better than Manhattan. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> He'll find something else that he loves. But the whole key is it's got to be free and there can't be a crowd around it. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Jim in Arlington would like to know, so does that explain all the duct tape I see in the Oklahoma radio booth when photos have leaked out on game day? 
No, that's Drake's fault. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have anything to do with the engineering. They keep me as far away from any engineering as possible in the OU radio <laughs> booth. That's just how much. That's just how complicated our broadcast is. That uh, we need a lot of duct tape to keep it together. Uh, here's someone on your side. It's got a uh, puking uh, emoji here that says T next to it. So. Hmm. Uh, mixed lemonade like and vodka. Only way I'll drink that bleep. I said crap. I don't know why I bleeped that. Yeah. You, it, does that mean he doesn't like lemonade? Um, or tea? I mean, maybe tea. Maybe he's mixing both. Mix it with lemonade and vodka. So Long oh, Island iced tea. With. Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So. I got you. I uh, have never tasted Aunt Thelma iced tea. I don't know what that means. I don't know. If, yeah, right. Uh, I may have said well, something back there. And I, may have, I agree with Toby. I hate tea. It's from Johnny in Auburn, California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys don't know, but most Oklahoma churches have switched to Bob's tequila for a communion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I would go to that. church a lot more. Actually, I no, I can't. I don't. I'm not that. a tequila guy. Um, you guys, such a, a weird, uh, just like in my eyesight. So I'm sitting on the left side of the stage. Okay. And I'm looking to my right. There's Brent Venables right in front of me in my peripheral vision. I see TJ Perry down below and to my right. I see a bottle of Bob Stoops tequila and we are sitting on the stage in a church and I'm like, what a weird job I've got. <laughs> Should I have corrected you mid-auction when I knew you were giving away the wrong uh, no, auction item? No, no, that's funny. <laughs> that was... Did you see the lady rush up to the stage? <laughs> yeah, she's like sprinting through chairs and stuff, like knocking people over. So we got a problem. You messed up. That's what she's doing. So we got a problem. You messed up. Say like, Vandalay! Oh, Say Vandalay! <laughs> you gave away the wrong painting. I was like, oh, what do you want to do? She's like, I don't know. We'll go talk about it. And then I could see her signaling from the back. Uh, just switch the paintings. I was like, all right, we'll just switch It worked the out. It worked out. Yeah, it worked fine. Yeah. Uh, you guys are the best. Thank you. That is you, the by the way, it, about the, the back to your question. Oh, thank you. By the way, back to your question. Yes, any time in the future that you could uh, interrupt me in a public setting, please do so. <laughs> That'll be great comedy. Well, as your producer, I felt like I needed to stand up and say something, uh, but I Toby. let it go. Tommy, Toby. you're messing up again. Uh, Stop everything! Stop Supposed everything. to be the trees, the painting with the trees, not the OU logo. <laughs> uh, dad joke of the day. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Did you know that milk is the fastest liquid on Earth? I did not know that. It's pasteurized before you've even seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys, get it? It's past. I get it. I get it. Uh, oh, good grief! I do not think top twenty-five means what you think it means. <laughs> wow! So this person uh, took exception with Nebraska yesterday, and is now again taking exception with Kansas State. <laughs> I got to put somebody. There's got to be twenty-five teams here, sir or ma'am, whoever you are. <laughs> 
It's hilarious how the text line changes throughout the day. If you guys ask for a handyman ideas after lunch with Parker and Steely or Tyler and Teddy, you guys would not get good advice. Probably roasted. <laughs> From Jay and Mateel. What Are There's you saying no it doubt. gets more manly as the day goes on? I mean, what's no, that supposed more, to mean? It gets meaner. It, it gets, gets meaner, meaner. Yeah. yeah. You guys are a bunch of the, jerks in the afternoon. The text I see line the text. in the afternoon is very, very cynical. And there's some meanness in the morning, but for the most part, you guys are funny. Like, you guys in the morning are funny. When I get here and go to the uh, screen with the text slide, and I'm, I'm clearing out some old messages and stuff like that, every morning it never fails. Like, I see these texts and I go, oh, geez, what was going on yesterday afternoon that I missed? And it's nothing. It's just you guys being jerks. <laughs> it always starts and then it devolves into some sort of a... Yes. <laughs> we hate Mule Shoe. Kendall's mad about something. Teddy's an idiot over something. Mule Shoe this. I don't know. Yeah, it's man. all out of control afternoon. Clark Stroud ticks somebody off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Chris Plank joins us to wrap it up next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. Invitational is set. This is the uh, holiday tournament OU basketball is in this year. Uh, The Sooners will play Nebraska. In the quarterfinals, the other teams are uh, are the other games: Florida State against Siena, Ole Miss against Stanford, and Memphis against Seton Hall. So we've got another uh, Sooners Cornhuskers battle coming up this time at uh, on the hardwood this fall. We we welcome in now Chris Plank for the crossover, brought to you by the Cleveland County Family YMCA. Plank, how was Indianapolis? Great, great, great city, awesome city. I, I didn't really get to experience much of it. Maybe the best airport on the planet, uh, and not just because it has NASCAR and Indy cars in the, I guess you could say, lobby area of the airport. But yeah, I love Indy. I want to go back and I want to, I want to explore Indianapolis. We were, we were staying just outside of downtown. The event was in a place called Kokomo, Indiana. So sure. I didn't really get to immerse myself. Not I didn't too far from where uh, this young lad used to really around. Yeah. I was uh, I was wanting to see the house that Peyton built. You know me as a as a NASCAR nerd. We drove by, or just racing nerd. We drove by the exit to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and I could see the the top of the of the grandstand. And I don't think anyone else that was in the car with us was as jacked as I was. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys, who that is?" Like, and it's literally um, Skylar. Oh gosh, there, it's a girl that plays for Florida, and it was the lady with the event. I'm like, "That's the Indianapolis Motor Speedway." And they both looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's cares, that's great. Thank <laughs> Who you. Who brought the creepy guy? Who brought the weird guy up here? I'm like, do you guys know Rick Mears, Emerson Fittipaldi? I mean, come on now. Mario Andretti. Toby, I have noticed a theme, by the way, on the uh, top 25. Nebraska yesterday, Kansas State right. today. Right. Okay. Is, is Is UTEP 23? <laughs> is Kent State Kent, coming at 20? Kent State coming up tomorrow, <laughs> folks. I see what you're doing here, Toby Rowland. Yeah, I, I'm the guy hitting the air comfort solutions text line. That's me. No, but, this is doubling as my homework for the season. I laughed. Uh, Jessica so. Cootie sent a note and said she was on the show yesterday, 
and li- I could. I was like, oh, is he doing opponent previews? Is it something? Because I was, bro. It was you. You know, I'm texting you in your first hour. That means I'm blowing and going to get to an airport, and. Uh, Literally, whenever I heard you say, so Nebraska's 25, I thought, oh, gosh, he's totally using all the opponents in the early parts of the top 25. I can totally so see it right now. Jessica yeah, answered, yeah. it's Nebraska today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I love it. But, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. And, again, I'm not trying to. I think Nebraska could be pretty good Exactly. That's the thing. And, and they got an easier schedule. Here's the thing, though, too. They need to be good. And they've got to be good to save his job. They've got to be good to save Scott Frost's job. They've got to be good for, you know, I mean, think about this. I, I heard a conversation about this yesterday. Nebraska fans put their whole heart into Scott Frost. Now, yes, Mike Riley, everyone has that false hope that you're going to win when you hire someone, right? Bill Callahan. But Nebraska fans... Toby, they put their whole – here comes Scott Frost to save the program. Here, he's, he's one of their own. He, he could have taken just about any job he wanted, and there was a lot of openings that year when they hired him. He was up and mentioned for a lot, but literally, I mean, it was right away. And you know, I don't know if – you know, they haven't been bowl eligible since 2016. So I don't know if there is – This is the year. I don't know if there is room to just be 6-6. Six and six. For them this year, so it's going to be a fascinating year. And I keep wanting to say Land of Lincoln. That's Illinois, by the way, Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, and I'm glad you had them at 25 because I think there really, truly is a chance that they could surprise some people this year. This is kind of that year they've circled and they've revamped the offense. Scott Frost is a little more hands off, so we'll see how it works out. We'll see how long he can stay hands off if things don't go well. Did the call go good though, and your uh, All Star game and everything? I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt good about everything. It was just, it was a really, really small booth, really small booth. Mm. Real. The uh, the person they had for stats had to actually stand behind us and bring in a chair. It was me and Mindy and a bunch of TV cameras. <laughs> that was it. Yikes. Yikes! But it was great. They put on a great event. I hope everyone had a chance to see some future Sooners, and it's a fun event. Chris, have the greatest show you've ever had today. That's the goal, Toby. You have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks to Stan Weber for joining us today. K-State color analyst. You find folks as well. We'll do it again tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Uh